Welcome to the Weekly Standard Podcast. I'm your host, Michael Graham. With us from the Weekly Standard is Lee Smith, who writes about the Middle East for the Weekly Standard frequently. And Lee, obviously the big story of the day, still more violence, this time in Jerusalem, this time in a synagogue, not, as CNN reported, a mosque. And this time involving three of the four people who were killed uh, have dual citizenship, dual citizenship in both the United States and Israel. Where are we, Lee? Right. Uh, well, I mean, I think the Secretary of State's statement today was was very good. I mean, Kerry uh, Kerry came out there and he said that uh, you know he laid the blame at the feet of Palestinian leadership. Mahmoud Abbas has been uh, has been inciting has been inciting violence now for several months, and it's good for Kerry to call him out. Unfortunately, the White House's statement um, calling for calm from both sides, as though the Israelis had something to do with. Uh, with someone coming in and <laughs> killing people in a synagogue, is that somehow this is Israel's fault? I mean, that's preposterous. So the White House's statement is bad, but the Secretary of State's statement uh, was very good. Uh, how should Americans react to uh, yet again another scene of people handing out candy and cakes and dancing in the streets <laughs> in the West Bank I mean, over this violence? Seen this, I mean, the, the the first most Americans will recognize this from. This is what happened on 9/11. I mean, this is the first time that most Americans will have seen this, and and, and they were they were correct to be appalled then, and we are correct to be appalled now. I mean, it's absolutely nauseating. And I mean, you know, this is, I mean, this this again, this this it can it can do nothing except make us sick to our stomachs. The idea that you know these guys are celebrating acts of terror, um, and it also has to uh, it should make us ask our government to be accountable. Why and for what purpose and to what ends are we negotiating with people who celebrate such violence? Are we headed to another intifada? I mean, this the wrangling that's going on right now over, and I'll use the term broadly, Jerusalem, over these issues that you've seen some, uh, whether it's back and forth or a cycle of violence, whatever you want to call it, Lee, is there something going on that we that b- the two sides will not be able to put the brakes on before we end up back where we were with the in the I, days I, of the yeah, Intifada? I don't, I don't know. I think it's very hard to tell. I mean, uh, other people have, have uh, told me in the past. People who look at this very closely, they said, "Well, actually, this is kind of how the first two Intifadas started. What you see is sort of um, smaller acts of violence, weird sort of almost uh, personal vendettas or something right. like that, or." coming out of some sort of personal space. And then at a certain point, they become actually very organized acts of terror. Um, And it seems that what we're seeing right now has started like this, where we see people running cars into crowds of crowds of um, pedestrians, and then Hamas will take credit. But I mean, Mm -hmm. is Hamas really organizing people to drive cars into crowds? that, that, That seems to me unlikely, but they're taking credit for it afterward. Um, so yeah, we may very well be on the uh, on the eve of another intifada, which oh. will, which will be a terrible thing. Uh, speaking of terrible, uh, you know the threat of Iranian of Iran being a nuclear power, the yeah, threat of Israel maybe problem, needing right. to step up. That's uh, you know, terrifying right there. Uh, I've seen some media reports suggesting that there may be an yet another delay in in debating about who does that help more? Does it help the Iranians? Help the West? Uh, Lee, what's really going on? Yeah, there are reports. I saw a long, interesting report in Times yesterday um, hinting at the idea that there will be another delay. 
or they're going to roll over the JPOA, Joint Plan of Action, that is. Um, I, I suspect there's probably going to be a deal. Um, you know, I, I've heard that from from different people here in Washington, and um, I mean, this is this is what people believe. And my piece in the Weekly Standard last week, the case I make is that whether or not we have a deal, or regardless of when we have a deal, the fact is that what the administration has already conceded on would conceded to with the Iranians um, is the outlines of a pretty bad deal in which the United States is getting very little and we're handing the Islamic Republic an awful lot. So, again, whether or not there is a deal, we've already conceded an awful lot. What do you mean uh, by that? What, what, what are some of the concessions that people who are just reading the well, papers I mean, I mean, we, 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 uh, we acknowledge the Iranians' right to enrich uranium. We did that last year. Um, now... You know, one of the arguments apparently is how many uh, how many centrifuges the Iranians will get to keep spinning, um, and there are a number of numbers that are being thrown out. And of course, the U.S. wants a lower number. But look, the fact is, once you are in this mode where you're bargaining over numbers of centrifuges, that's where the problem is, right? I mean, the and this is why Israel has uh, wanted us to stick to a you know no uranium enrichment, no centrifuges at all. Is once you get into bargaining, that's a problem. The Iranians are going to win this, not least. I mean, there's an enormous problem here insofar as there are advanced centrifuges which work much more quickly and work much, work much more efficiently than the first-generation centrifuges. So the number of centrifuges then is sort of that in itself is, is a strange issue. If we're talking about advanced centrifuges, right. advanced-generation centrifuges, these are much more powerful than the first-generation. Uh, do you think that the imp- the last election we had is going to have any impact at all in the direction that the president takes? Is the fact that there's going to be a Senate with a Republican majority uh, going to have any impact? Is he just going to end run the Senate? Or what? Yeah, I'm, I'm, how do politics I'm play not, into this? Yeah, I'm not terrifically optimistic. I mean, I think that the Senate will. Um, I think that the Republican majority in both houses, once the Republican majority is sworn in in January, they will both um, try to do anything. Um, within their power to have some sort of oversight on this deal, but I, I, I think it's going to be, I think it's going to be really hard to get something done. I mean, it's the president. They've already discussed. I mean, you may have seen this article a couple of weeks ago in the Washington Free Beacon, where Ben Rhodes, where Ben Rhodes told an audience that they've already uh, devising ways to get around, you know, to get around Congress on this uh, regarding the deal. So, and it's going to be awfully difficult. Um, awfully difficult for the Republicans to stop the president. And on that positive note, we'll (laughs) wrap up with Lee Smith. Thanks for your time. We appreciate it. Thank you very much, Michael. You've been listening to the Weekly Standard Podcast. Please be sure to check weeklystandard.com regularly for podcast updates. I'm your host, Michael Graham.